This is Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. Welcome to Human V Robot. I'm Andy, and I'm here with my sister Heather. Heather, how are you doing this week? Hey, Andy, I'm doing good. Good. So I w- today we're talking about algorithms, and I don't have any updates for today, but I feel like we, we were talking earlier, and maybe I'll be carrying the conversation here, but I don't know if this is like a learning series or experiment or whether I'm even qualified to teach this. So I, I think <laughs> I, I'm hoping that I can answer any questions you might have, but just fair warning, I may, I may not have answers for this. So... Yeah, I mean, this is just an experiment for us. We were talking about what we wanted to talk about, and I was like, we never actually talked about what an algorithm actually is. Yeah. Um, and so, like, why not? Um, and if this seems interesting, we'll just keep talking about tech basics. And yeah. if that seems interesting, then that's what this will just be about. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so before that, you had a link to uh, CBC News. Is this? Yeah, this is Yeah, uh, this is a, um, I don't know, like a political podcast it's called the house so it's um it's about policy and decisions and that kind of thing in the canadian government so uh an episode uh i was just driving to work and i hear you know the morning the current is what it's called yeah and they were talking about um ai and mentioned this podcast and so i thought i should actually check this out because i have mentioned policy and ai before and this seems really relevant so um it's quite a short clip actually of the part where they're interviewing um three members of parliament um one from each of our main canadian political parties right um about ai and and i thought it was a really nice concise short bit and quite accessible about what and how the um federal government is thinking about ai regulations what they're trying to do how they're trying to keep up so there's proposing a piece of legislation right now that is about um sort of punitive measures for certain types of um you know things that might be demonstrated to be like harmful in some way i i don't exactly know how this is going to roll out i i think it's also would be placing um placing decisions on AI in an external regulator um, that's not um, in the level of government. So it's not really as transparent. So that was one issue that somebody, one of the MPs raised is that it's now until a regulatory body to regulate AI. So I I don't know, honestly, I don't really know about it to say the pros and cons. What I did find most interesting though is the um, concerns that the MPs had about AI. Um, And I, I thought, my prediction was when they said, like, what is your main concern with AI? I was like, loss of jobs seems yeah. like the most obvious. Nobody mentioned that. So I don't know if that was just like number hmm. two. Um, yeah. But what the ones that I remember was um, deployment at scale um, was one of them, yeah. which is that um, companies are shipping the whole, you know, everything out to every single customer, you know, everybody who ever wants it in Canada um, without any regulation going into it beforehand. Um, And then they compared that to something like pharmaceuticals where you have to do a lot of testing and, you know, there's a lot of burden of proof on like negative impacts and that kind of thing um, before you actually get to release a product. Um, So that's, I don't know, think about that what you will. Um, And then also the other person said, which I thought was weird, honestly, was... um, and I forget what the last person said, but um, they said like they were worried about the loss of independent free thought because of recommendations coming from 
a recommendation algorithm is sort of how I interpret that comment. But it's like, like they sort of like, okay, there's all this good journalism, but you might never see it because you're getting content curated that you're only interested in, stuff that you're just interested in, not stuff that challenges any of your assumptions, that it might actually be really good, high quality content. And I was like, that is problematic, but I feel like job loss is like the worst problem. But anyway, um, maybe I'm like thinking about that wrong, but in terms of like the sort of near term and long term and also like isn't it reasonably easy to fix recommendation algorithms to like curate content that it doesn't align totally with you? like right. this isn't like a necessary condition of recommendation algorithms that you only see things you're interested in like you can just you can decide yeah. how those work yeah um, and i just was like assuming that was just like inherent to AI, but maybe that wasn't the assumption. I was just reading that wrong, but it's like, okay, oh, okay. That's your talk concern. Interesting. So, um, but yeah, short clip, 15 minutes talking about the new bill, um, and just sort of how the government is of Canada is considering dealing with AI. That's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I think it's still kind of up in the air. Like what are, what the interface to AI in general is like how much control and how much do we know about what it's doing and how much do we like how can can we tweak the dials because I think right now like version one like you you kind of get you end up getting their baked in assumptions about like what's the most useful thing yeah. um uh yeah it's but it's interesting as things move along and um progress like how much how much control will we have and um will will the will that type of thing become possible where you can customize it to either be more broad or be more specific um yeah yeah i i can i i am surprised they didn't bring up job loss though because i think like that's definitely in the media a lot. Like uh, most people are thinking about this in terms yeah. of like, what does this mean for what me? does this mean for me? My, my yeah. bottom line, like yeah, exactly. Um, or should I get into this career at all? Or should I change careers? Or should I? Yeah, like, what should I do? Right? Like it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, like well, especially for my job because like people see it writing code and then they think that it's doing my job by yeah. by just like, but there's like a wide gulf. But I can see it crossing that gulf. Like it, it is possible. I think. Like that's. Yeah. It's just nowhere near uh, there yet. But you know, for almost any job, you can you can think like, what are the obstacles between where we're currently at and where we want to be, and like. So most people are fairly comfortable, like with with some tr testing of ChatGPT and those systems. Like, we're like, okay, writers are pretty safe because like the writing is bland and recycling, and like, or but maybe like maybe the pulp novels on the on the shelf are at risk already. Yeah, but yeah. not but not like a a genuine like thoughtful intelligent writer you know you, you can't they can't be replaced yet but yeah a lot of a lot of jobs are you know similar to that where it's like well what are what are the things standing in the way of ai taking over the job right exactly yeah. i mean i'm almost nothing but relieved though because i think that for me writing anything is a bit of a mental barrier because i focus on getting it right um, but I have noticed that I'm leaning on 
like chat GPT sometimes when I'm looking to write something. I just like, it just needs to be done, right? Like I need something to work with. And then I just noticed that um, for work, I have the premium Grammarly subscription and they're releasing a Grammarly Go, which is like a um, sort of, I don't know if it's just going to be like sort of predictive because right now that you have to write something and then it just tells you this would sound more positive or more personal confident or more less informal Uh, it makes those suggestions but it doesn't write anything for you so i don't know if this would just be like it would start giving you predictive sort of suggestions on what you're writing i'm I'm not sure or if you'd actually have to tell it to write something and it would write it for you i haven't really been able to use it so far but honestly like that just makes me feel better (laughs) about doing things because i'm like (laughs) it just relieves some of the pressure that i feel in writing yeah yeah, I totally get that. Oh, so actually, I do have one update. I just thought of this as you were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, and something did come up in the last week that I thought was interesting, um, which is a new text model. Like, I feel like we're uh, <laughs> getting these on a weekly basis almost now that everyone's rushing to get their uh, chat models out, like with yeah. Google and uh, and Microsoft. So, But this one is kind of interesting for a number of reasons the main one being so it's it's from stability ai which is the people that did stable diffusion which is like image generator and it was kind of one of the bigger like initial image generator things it was like very interesting so they have uh the the parent company it has a lovely name it's called hugging face <laughs> i have no idea where they even came up with this so now they, they now they have hugging chat which is an open source text model and open source is like actually pretty major in in the sense yeah. of like well now they are like uh open ai chat gpt is not nearly as open as its name would suggest <laughs> like they, their their models are locked down they they have no um uh yeah they're not really very open uh whereas hugging face stability ai is much more open they like they they fully open source their their models which is great for someone like me that likes to tinker and play with things but not me like it depends on your perspective it may not be the best thing to have those models just out in the wild for anyone to use um because like as a like super technical detail like if you want chat gpt like you can interact with it programmatically but it's still going through their api and they can always like change their output or sensor stuff or filter or whatever they want to do like if if something's obviously being misused they can they have terms of service to to cover that whereas an open source model you download you run it on your own computer there's no terms of service on what you can do with it Mm. um so it unlocks a lot of possibility, both good and bad, I think. Interesting. <laughs> really yeah. interesting. I, I, okay, this is kind of a point that I wanted to bring up, and I, I related to my update and, and yours, but I, I think that there's this, like, s- sort of theme, narrative emerging, and, and it's that if tech is so transformative and important, are we okay with letting 
the sort of private sector or sort of tech companies or leading tech companies completely drive the bus on the sort of the future and fate of humanity. Right. This is kind of what's happening. Like we're just letting them innovate and run with it. And we're just like, everyone's just else is just sort of running like yeah. wildly after trying to catch up. And people are asking like, is that, because normally sort of we're, we built that model of a system and I'm not sort of criticizing that, but that we allow this innovation to happen in this private space and we just like freedoms yeah, and this regulation, but you know, mostly you figure it out and invent something that people like and uh, sell it. Quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and so that is the way new stuff gets made. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Assuming you're not fundamentally transforming like humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and then this was like, surprise, we might be fundamentally transforming humanity. So now everyone's like, wait a second, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't work yeah. anymore. Uh, so I don't know. I just felt like I had to add that. I'm not sure no, it, how I feel about that. So it's a very, it's a totally open question in my mind. Like all these like open source tools have been transformative in tech, but that's because the people that are using them are so, so like Facebook, Twitter, all the, like they, they're governed more as media companies. So the tools that the media company uses is not that important, right? Like they're unlocking new potential, like, especially with these recommendation algorithms and like the, the, what we'll talk about later algorithms, like that's transformative, but it doesn't actually change like how the company operates. Cause generally like all these companies are operating their actual business is like informed by public policy and also like public opinion like what how should we be interacting and so it's like at the technological level it doesn't really matter to most people what tools they're using to do that but in ai i think it's much less clear like <laughs> is this like actually the tool itself becomes so transformative that the tool needs to have some kind of constraints or guardrails or whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was listening to another podcast and it talked about like, uh, you know, sort of the concept of like social prizes. <laughs> so right. we give like prize money to people who invent certain types of things that are like that we want to be invented or something like that. We don't leave it to the open market to dictate it. But I was like, right. that just got me thinking about like, wait a second, like what do we actually want invented? Like, what are we, uh, anyway, I, I think that this is a very, like, this is a big open question mark yeah. for me yeah. for now. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we jump into algorithms? Let's do it. Um, so the background, like I just wanted to talk about technical fundamentals because I think Often when I hear the word algorithm in the media or, you know, in casual conversation, we're talking about something that's different than what an algorithm is from a programmer's perspective. Um, and there's generally like a whole suite of algorithms from sorting and searching and all these and all these things are like a big bundle of algorithms. So I kind of wanted to just dive in a little bit because I think they're interesting. And I think if people knew what an algorithm was, I think it, it would be, maybe be less of a mystery or less mystifying <laughs> to just say, <laughs> like, the algorithm knows me. Well, <laughs> like, that's like, um, I don't think it's a good uh, 
and and maybe it's just the evolution of language. Like maybe I just gotta suck it up and assume that this is like the, <laughs> it's okay. You could, the, the <laughs> you common usage, usage of algorithm is just changing, right? Um, but so just a little bit on technical literacy because I think it's important. Like I think it does affect the the type of policy, the type of conversations we have and stuff. Like, I think if we know what things are doing, and I, I think that's what this Human View Robot podcast is all about, really. It's just like, hopefully trying to demystify a little bit and hopefully trying to unpack what's actually going on. In Yeah, I mean, look, if I can figure this out, it's yeah. clear, I have no, <laughs> no tech background whatsoever, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think we do run the danger. Like, I think you are probably more technical than, uh, a, like, a lot of people. So I, th I think we maybe sometimes run the danger of alienating people by by me assuming th that you know something and then you assuming that everyone knows something. Sure, <laughs> like, yeah. Because I, I definitely don't, like... You are by no means the lowest common denominator. Denominator is what I'm <laughs> For the saying. For sake of this conversation, I will be. But um, no. <laughs> no, but I, like okay, this is going to be like a. I'm going to take it into a little bit of a left field, and then I'm going to bring it back. So okay, I, I was reading this uh, article from Harvard Business Review, and it was about like managing uh, technical teams or something like that, which is essentially that like technical team management for the non-technical person. And, and I guess like what the article is, the force of the article was saying is that talk to technical people about what kinds of problems computers can solve easily and what they can't. Right. Because without knowing that, you can't really manage a team or develop a product or anything because you're not, like it's okay if you don't know how to build it. That's why you have people, yeah. you know, it's, it's okay to, this is like expected in the world. Like I, you know, say you run a small business, it's okay that you can't file your own taxes. It's fine, you hire somebody. Yeah. But you have to have enough sort of knowledge over the process and about what should be done that you can get it to the person who knows how to do the thing. And, right. I, and I think there's just sort of this like enclave of tech people who are sort of maybe there's not a kind of this, I think non-tech people are sort of afraid to interface with that world at all um, because it just seems like too confusing. Right. Yeah, and I think... Like, I think there's two ways that can go. One is like assuming something is much simpler than it is. And the other is like assuming that it's way more complex, like that it just can't be done. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, both of those errors can usually be solved, but but not always just by talking to people in tech, because I think there are like, as a programmer, I know there are serious blind spots that programmers just don't see. like where like some technical things like like self-driving cars, AI, all these things like have actual social factors that or or economic factors that like from a technical perspective we might be like yeah, that easy to do. That's I can we'll dust that off, we'll we'll do it, implement it and it's done. But the actual um context like world context that this techno technology has to exist in is sometimes a blind spot for programmers um and that can be a lot of different factors that could be just like the 
the price of gasoline or the, the like well or like what kind of regulations sort of like transport canada yeah. imposes on the cars on the road right or something like that what you have to sort of like yeah the regulatory environment the legal i mean it's like your pestle analysis your political economic you know social technical yeah, yeah. like uh, environmental like all of that um mm-hmm. all of those words um but yeah i i mean i, I think that's why i i feel I feel good. I feel better or happier as a person yeah. when I, I can start to sort of like understand how something sort of like when I just don't say, oh, well, that's like com- complicated. And I don't get it. But like, actually, when I was like, okay, well, what is an algorithm? I looked at, okay, these are the things. So I'm like, okay, the, those are kind of roughly the building blocks. So then it starts to like make sense to me, the building blocks. So anyway, let's get into it. Let's okay. not let me drag this somewhere else. So just just as a little bit of flavor, where I where I started to see like the popular idea of algorithm diverge was when Twitter launched their non-chronological timeline. They basically launched uh, like a recommendation, like basically like the most interesting things that Twitter thinks <laughs> will be most interesting to you. This right. was like years back. And a lot of people railed against that and said oh you know this new algorithmic timeline is is terrible or whatever like they they some people didn't like it some people liked it but in general it was assumed that like the chronological was the quote-unquote natural (laughs) way of thing of organizing things and the the uh, most most popular was the algorithmic way of organizing things where both of these things are just, it's just two different algorithms, right? A chronological sort is one algorithm, a recommend recommended sort or, you know, a boosted sort or whatever, like however they do things under the hood, it's just a different algorithm. And I was, so I started to see this and I think it's just grown in popularity where it's like, well, TikTok is so, so popular because it's algorithmic, right? Where it's like, well, it's yes, it's algorithmic, but all of these things are algorithms. <laughs> it's just a different, different, better algorithm, maybe. Yeah, um, I love that we're doing a linguistic analysis of the term algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I did want to establish that because I think it might not be obvious why I care, and and maybe I shouldn't yeah. care, but right, that, right. that's that's why I care because it's like uh, algorithms are the building blocks of programming. Right. Um, and yeah, you can use different building blocks. Um, so I wanted to bring up this book. This is like the my old dusty copy of Algorithms in a Nutshell. If anyone like really wants to dive into that, it's, it might be a place to start. Like if this stuff is interesting. Um, it's so... It basically just goes over algorithms and the one like notable exception is there's nothing about recommendation or what because all these algorithms that like TikTok and Twitter are using are like very new and they are just refinements of previous algorithms or like layers on top of these like sorting and searching algorithms. Generally, there's some other um, there are actually like network algorithms under the hood too in that like most um less so probably tiktok but i think like twitter definitely 
boost things that are like network effects. So like a, someone that follows someone or two steps removed, like you follow someone and they follow someone that that sort of network um, model, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, TikTok also has removed any kind of barrier to entry. So like, whereas so with others, you have to like sign up or have an account or whatever with TikTok, you just open the app and it starts shooting videos at you and then you yeah. just scroll and then, and then the faster, or slower you scroll, then it starts to throw. So it's just removed any kind of barrier to entry whatsoever. It just yeah. starts learning you as soon as possible. Yeah. Which is why people think it's maybe more effective. Maybe there are other aspects that make it more so, but. Yeah. I, and I find that, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of mi- mixed on TikTok. I, I do like, cause I personally, I like the network effect of like, the people I trust, like knowing who they trust sort of thing. Yeah. Like I, th- I think yeah. that is super helpful. Uh, and I find it weird to get like recommendations that you have no idea how they possibly got to you. <laughs> like that's just weird to me. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm just like used to the existing system. So I, I it, it confuses me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a, some other algorithms I just wanted to like mention is like approximation and randomization. Um, like so, some algorithms are built with some inherent uncertainty in them like that. that, And I think that's where as algorithms get more complicated, um, they get more probabilistic where it's like, uh, I know there was a specific example of when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he was like, he asked why this post did not get the um, the traction that it should that he thought it should have, and so they had to like actually reverse engineer how the whole thing, and and it's just like layers and layers of of factors going into these things, right? Um, which all like all of the layers make sense. And they act like they get refined over time and to actually like to add a new factor in is really hard. Like, and, and I know almost like definitely with Google, they have this same issue where it's like things get to the top of search results for so many different reasons that one person can't just say, this is the reason you ranked first. And I, right. I, I used to have this in my, like when I was working in a web agency, it's like people were like, well, how do I boost my Google search r- ranking? And there's some like predictable factors, but there's zero guarantees. Like if someone else is like out competing you, it's on a lot of different layers that you probably aren't even seeing. So, right. yeah. So it's, um, when when we talk about algorithms like that, like Google search or, or TikTok or whatever, we're talking about so many layers of algorithms that, uh, yeah, for the purposes of this conversation, it's probably best to just narrow in on specific ones. I feel like it's when you live in an old house or something and you just like open the wall and then you realize yeah. there's like three, you know, centuries of like wiring yeah, <laughs> underneath yeah. and you're like well exactly. which is the switch <laughs> uh everything controls something and it's like not clear which what is controlling what i mean that's bad analogy but i just feel like there's yes i get that there's a lot of layers um there's not like one sort of concise way that these things go it's just the 
possibilities are sort of endless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, all of this was sort of cleared my head, but I feel like it is probably like when you start talking about specific algorithms, we could probably like branch off into a hundred different ways. But one I wanted to bring up that was like, I think is interesting and that is very common to our experience. Like we all interact with it is just autocomplete. Um, because like, like everyone knows autocomplete on their phone, right? Like you're typing, it suggests the next word, like, and it, it does some weird things like more primitive autocomplete will get in loops quicker. So like if you, if you just keep clicking the first suggested word and I would recommend anyone try this cause it's fun. It's enjoyable experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It it's pretty fun to do it. Usually if you keep clicking like the, yeah. the first oh, it suggestion, just... it'll get it in a loop. It'll, it'll oh, it start... loops. And then, yeah. yeah, it's just go around and around and around. Just do it like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just realized I said three centuries of wiring. Like, how long has electricity been around? Like, I don't. <laughs> well, anyway, centuries whatever. in the terms of uh, geological ages, almost like like sure. wiring. Yeah, if wiring you have... ages and yeah. eras. Anyway, yeah, at <laughs> that part. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's funny only until the port, only until the point where it starts looping, and then it's just like nonsense. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like this is a specific algorithm that's generally like. So a mark, which is a Markov chain, which is basically just like the probability of the next event happening given the current state. And so like um, in most of these text models, the current state is like the last few words or whatever. Given the last few words, what were the, will the next word be, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even just re researching this, I was like, Okay, even the, like the Wikipedia and this like brilliant article are like seem super technical. Like they are like pretty, there's a lot of uh, scientific sounding words, but it's like, when, like everyone knows how they work, like, or, or you kind of have an intuition for how they work and they, they do like, they work how your intuition thinks they work essentially right like it's just right. looking at the last few words and it's got a uh like a corpus of text a whole like set of text that it's, it can say okay given this input what is the next word going to be um right. so it's not it's not like a complicated algorithm but it's but it doesn't have a holistic view like it has no sense it has no sort of evaluation that it's actually going to make a sentence Yes. Yeah. It's well, not that like the sentence makes sense. It's yeah. just putting wor words next to it. Yeah. And that's why you get those loops where you never get a period and start a new sentence because it's you never it's really not... get any substance words either. I just find like it's a lot of like generally words that go in between words like not yeah. always, but so, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, like the this the. I forget my linguistic construction, like the object of the sentence, the noun or whatever, like the thing you're talking about generally won't ever show up because yeah. it like those things are completely not deterministic. Like you could like if I'm and well, although sometimes they are because names will show up if it's a name you constantly or type regularly. Yeah, those, those will sometimes show up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think. Markov chains are interesting. They're one of those algorithms that's not in my algorithm book because it's like, 
it's it's it does have a pretty good long history but it's like a little more advanced i think than the like just sorting and searching type things um, right okay well here's a here's an example i just uh, opened my text chat to my husband and i have got this the following the first time you were able and you had to do something about the situation you had with your family so i don't know <laughs> it was the a situation. situation yeah and uh, it's concerning but it doesn't make sense. Like yeah. you're as a person, you're kind of like filling in the blanks here. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So actually, I, th I thought it was worth bringing up because this is a, like a more primitive version of like Chat GPT and these other things we're talking about. All these things that are coming out are just more advanced versions of this, uh, where it's taking everything that's previously happened happening or happened in the conversation comparing it with it's like holistic model that it's built from the entire world of like all these all this text input that it's using it as, as an example like comparing the two and trying to find the next word or the next you know and chat gpt is like much higher level in that like entire concepts or sentence structure actually is encompassed whereas like autocomplete on your phone is like just like we said the last few words so right yeah i think what's interesting about chat gpt that i was just thinking about is so i did an undergraduate degree which i mentioned in linguistics i took one class in computational linguistics which was through the department of computer science i've forgotten everything since however right. i remember this one uh conversation that we had about um because the the final assignment for this was to just build like a language generator uh, in Python. Right. And it was just supposed to like, you know, subject, verb, object, or put in sort of normal sentence structure, or put in words, and it should make sentences or whatever. So it's a very simplistic thing, but you're just trying to make a, build a, a language generator. And I think honestly, the point of the assignment was just to be like, this is really hard trying to like, um, just type in all the possibilities. Like it doesn't, lead to anything realistic and so what we so we're talking about this as a sense and then so at the end of the class it was just like and actually the best way to do this would be this like a corpus-based approach which just gets all the language there ever was in the universe and then it creates things based on that right. and i'm like this was in the year was 2007 okay so yeah that is what we like knew should be done and I, I feel like i was like maybe i'm missing something but maybe that's pretty much just what happened now yeah yeah exactly yeah in 2023 so yes yeah all all of these things are like they aren't brand new these are these ideas aren't aren't by any stretch coming out of nowhere like they, they have been built and refined over the last few decades um so yes there's, you're right in assuming, I think that, that this is just a logical extension of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Cause like, uh, and it really is just a matter of scale. Like we couldn't do those, like at that time, there was no way you could do that on that scale, right? Yeah. Uh, even now it's like the limiting factor is the scale and, and like, and so, which is not entirely true because like part of uh, stability AI, what they were talking about is like their models are actually quite a bit smaller than GPT-4 or something like that, but they're okay. more efficient. 
Okay. So like they, they've kind of cut down the size and, and kept the same amount of capability by making them more efficient. Right. Uh, but but it, the general trend is, is exactly the same is like the more context, the more like you can hold in memory and like and hold as your context or like like you said, the full corpus of, of all human knowledge, like the more variables that are in play the better the the model is going to be right um, yeah so is it fair to say so i i watched a, um i just looking okay algorithms in the simplest sense and i just like to in order to make this just as simple accessible as possible is that uh khan academy has a video what is an algorithm why should you care it's it's an input a task or some something and an yeah. output yeah that's what it does. Yes. And so I, I even wrote in the notes, like, think of it as a recipe. A recipe is basically saying, take these ingredients, do X, Y, you know, put them together, do the, this process, and and you'll get this output. Right. Ideally. And so a recipe is like almost not even an, an, an analogy. Like it, it is what an algorithm is. It's a recipe, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, and most books like like the the book I mentioned will have like code example, but they'll they'll be like generic enough that it's like you can do this in any programming language, in any whatever. You could do this by hand if you had enough time. <laughs> like you could work yeah. it out. Uh yeah. you don't actually need a specific technology. Like the these are like recipes essentially. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like here's a list. Find the lowest number in the list. Yeah, yeah. Lowest um, number, one, yeah, or whatever, like yeah, yeah. And the the weird thing, like the sort of weird thing, is like with human intuition, we often tr like think things are simpler because we can make do a lot of shortcuts. Right. In the sense of like, if you have a, a a list in front of you of numbers and you say find the smallest one. You just like scan it, and you could you can almost just pick it out by by scanning. Whereas like a computer has to compare one each value number. against another right. one value, so you end up comparing each number against the other one. Whereas in your head, you're just holding the the lowest one you found so far, right? Yeah. Um, so we we can do some shortcuts like that. That like sometimes when you come to algorithms, you're like, well like the simplest obvious solution just isn't possible because you're just comparing one value against the next. Right. So yeah, that's the, the summary of that. There's other like <laughs> details, but that's the general idea is like, it's not always the most intuitive. Like it's not always obvious how, what the best solution would be. Right. Um, and even some, especially with sorting, algor sorting algorithms, is there's not always one best algorithm like there is one called quick sort that's pretty much always used but there are other ones that are better in a specific use case like okay. if everything's already sorted you don't need quick sort because you could just pick the first or last element or whatever like right. um like it, or if it's almost sorted other ones will do better stuff like that yeah okay um Okay, that's probably too much detail on that. Uh, I just wanted to bring up one other, and this was kind of the impetus, is I found this algorithm that I thought was really cool. Okay. And I was like, and I started using it for this like 
just uh, playing around with this like procedurally generated game. Um, and basically it's like um, a image generating algorithm, but like much simpler than, than I think we, you'd think of like uh, stable diffusion and stuff like that. Like it's nothing like that. It's basically just takes a super small image and then can generate a huge, very large image that's like randomly generated that looks the same essentially yeah. yeah and at first i looked at this and i was like what am i looking at <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when you texted it to me but i was like okay this makes sense to me actually because if you have something like you have a little picture yeah and it's like make a big fill in the background yeah with something that's sort of extrapolated from this little picture it looks yeah. similar but it's not it just multiple times yeah yeah, so the the algorithm is called wave function collapse, which makes it sound even more technical and cool, <laughs> cool like than it actually it is. Because really, and I, I wanted to bring up Markov change just because it is kind of an extrapolation on that, is that it's like two-dimensional Markov chain where like you take a picture input, you say like the look at the things above and to the sides and try to do the same kind of thing with some random input into it right so it can it can output something that looks the same but a different different pattern or is actually a new scale. pattern yeah. yeah um and then it's got a fairly good like uh like i i will link it it's it's fairly technical but if you skip down to the algorithm section it's like it's followable i would say uh, and even like uh, implementing it myself, I was like, okay, this is like uh, more complicated than it, than it looks on the surface, but not like not super complicated, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that algorithm section, that like one, two, three, four, five, is exactly what an algorithm is. It's like a recipe for how would you do this if you were doing this for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, yeah. do this, then do this, then do this. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like driving or something. It's like, get in the car, back it up, put it in drive, go this yeah. way, turn this way. <laughs> yeah. Or or like, and I, I think part of why, why people shy away from this is because it is very math adjacent. <laughs> like I was yeah. helping, helping my daughter with uh, fractions and percents and like calculating, multiplying fractions and percents and stuff. And it's all like that, that is all algorithmic thinking is like, how do you convert a, you know, a fraction to a percent? Well, you multiply by a hundred or, you know, other yeah. way divide by a hundred. It's all like, uh, a lot of a lot of math is very algorithmic in that you have the input, you have a certain set of steps that you should take, and then your output, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, there's just no way around that. <laughs> it's going to be fairly mathematical. In yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk for a second. Like, I don't know if this is related at all, but I was just thinking about like the difference between sort of like the best outcome and good enough outcomes right because like it seems to me that and and a lot of like algorithms so people have like this sort of trust you that you would think this what i'm getting is the best right but actually all pretty much all algorithms do not have the time to come up with actually the best solution they're just yeah. giving you a solution it's like 
if you put something into Google Maps or something, you're like, find this and put this stop in, like, to actually calculate the absolute best route yeah. is, like, takes way too long, <laughs> Then especially if there yeah. were, like, five stops um, to calculate, then, like, it give it's going to give you a good enough route. Right. Um, and just be done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely, so something in this book is like approximation algorithms and, and stuff like that is like definitely, uh, that's a good thing to call out because a lot of algorithms are just too expensive to, to actually like run, like say, and I'm sure every recommendation algorithm has the same constraining factor is like, you want to do the least amount of work possible to, to produce these things. Cause, um, cause there's time factors. Like if you're generating them as soon as the, the homepage loads up, you're generating a bunch of recommendations. Like you don't want something that takes days to compute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just not feasible. Just, like your feed optimized, which yeah, is yeah. just like, okay, there's like the, the absolute, yeah. absolute best, but it's just like, it's going to give you something that's like, yeah, this works. Yeah. And so another thing maybe worth mentioning there is that like a lot of the constraints on what the best is or like how, how well you can optimize that is actually how you're storing your data. Um, so, so sometimes like that can hugely affect how well you can store things. So like if we think of like the graph example, like like you want to show things from like first or second order, you know, distance from from you. Say I follow someone and I want to see uh, things from people they follow. Like you can store things differently to optimize for that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah i'm trying i'm trying to think of like uh how to get into that without getting too technical because <laughs> like th like there are there are actually like it's kind of um a it, it's a massive field of research is just like databases and and how to best store things so like there are new databases coming out constantly like there's been kind of a boom in graph databases and real-time databases and because all of those things ha like affect how you can operate on your on your data um, okay yeah so that's probably enough on that though <laughs> um another conversation for another time yeah probably maybe yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I'd be happy to go into databases, but I don't know how how popular that would be as a topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it'd probably be pretty dry. Even even algorithms, I thought, okay, this might be pretty dry because yeah. it is so math adjacent and yeah, yeah. people don't really care probably yeah. too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's an experiment. <laughs> See how yeah. it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to leave it there today. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about this. We'll we'll maybe review and see if we want to do any more of these fundamentals type uh, yeah topics. But uh, yeah. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks for chatting, bye. Heather. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening. To hear all our episodes, search for Human V Robot wherever you find your podcasts.